0: Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. I'm here with my guest, Liz. Um, Last week in our episode, Liz talked about her history with OCD, um, including not just right compulsions and laundry. And so today we'll kick (laughs) off where she is um, in everyday life now and what's been helpful for her. So Liz, thanks for being with me again. Can you tell me what's going on right now?
1: Yeah. So right now I am in my house, <laughs> as are many of us. Um, I have been for the last three weeks because um, California shut down a little bit early. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm feeling really thankful that I started therapy a year ago, <laughs> um, and that I and that I am in a place now um, uh, with with this kind of journey of of learning that I have OCD and, and learning how, how to live my life with that. Um, uh, really glad that I am where I am now <laughs> and not, can, and not sitting say, in my house spiraling.
0: Yeah. Can you say more about what, um, the shelter in place might've been like a year ago for you?
1: Yeah, it would have been a lot harder. Uh, at a year ago, I had just moved in with my boyfriend. Um, and that was kind of the tipping point, I think, as we talked about last week, uh, for me to see a lot of, um, through someone else's eyes, what what my some of the things that I had just kind of brushed off as habits or that I hadn't thought about critically, things that I was doing um, through someone else's eyes really was like a wake up call. Um, and uh, a year ago, that's where I would have been. Mm-hmm. Is a is a just kind of is just kind of learning about that and and feeling really hard on myself. So something about this this shelter in place order that's been really. It's not interesting because it's actually, you know, devastating in a global crisis. So I don't want to make light of it. But for me, um, with everyone is kind of feeling <laughs> stuff that I feel like I I feel all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with um, uh, feeling a, a heightened sense of responsibility for the people around you, the sense of over responsibility is something that I have always uh, struggled with. Um, a lot of uh, c- contamination. Issues, um, food and food hygiene has always been something that I've been super aware of, and so like Cloroxing groceries as, as you bring them into the house is something that a year ago would have been, would have probably triggered a, a full episode of of wondering whether I was doing the right thing or not, or if I was, um, if it was OCD or if it was a reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the biggest difference that I'm seeing right now is that is that I am I feel like I'm trusting my Feelings more, um, and 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 part of that is because I've I've uh, over the last year really grown to be able to notice and differentiate for myself. I, I probably a really personal thing, but being able to notice and differentiate when something is a not just right feeling or um, or an OCD feeling as opposed to something that I that I want to do or need to do.
0: I'm yeah. really happy to hear that. So can you talk about the process that led you to be able to notice and then label and differentiate between an OCD thought or feeling and um, an, an a non-OCD thought or feeling?
1: Yeah, actually, I mean, it was a year of therapy that helped me notice it and talking through with you what what each of those feelings were after the fact um, and kind of recapping uh, each, each session because... Um, I, I'm realizing that I really was coming from a place of not, like I said, not trusting my, my own feelings. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, so yeah, but like building in the practice of of noticing, I think has been one of the biggest game changers. Um, and then, so so and then we would and then we would talk about it, and and I would kind of tangle out with you. What what was a an, OCD feeling, or not. We also used a lot of metaphors that really helped me at the time. That that um, I every now and then I think back to, but aren't as prevalent in in my like everyday experience. But at the time, I we had this like really extended like there was a Narnia like stepping through the closet metaphor, um, yeah. and that's that helped like that feeling of like I'm on the brink of taking that step into an OCD spiral for myself. Um, that really helped me. Think about it that way. I don't know. I'm a book person, so just metaphors really, really worked for me, I guess. Um, and then, well, and I then, think if
0: I remember correctly, there was also a um, a sense of shame at as it was happening. Yeah. So it was as though going into the wardrobe was the beginning shame, and then if you stayed with the shame and did what the thought and feeling told you to do, then you would quickly be in Narnia, which was the metaphor for OCD, uh, O C D Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Using shame as my cue for noticing was a really big one. Great, and still is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not not. I it continues to be.
0: <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit more about self trust. Thank you for bringing up that topic. So the way I understand self trust is more in terms of building self trust. You more want to look at. What you're doing to erode self-trust, and and self-trust in this from this perspective is talking about having thoughts, feelings, and sensations, and trusting both that you can tolerate them and and you can handle them, and also that they're actually occurring. Like even even being able to go with like this is an experience that I'm having, and I'm going to normalize, validate, and own that I'm having that experience, and then mm-hmm. also I'm going to respond to it. In a way that's consistent with my values. So anxiety disorders and OCD often erode your sense of self-trust because if you're constantly feeling urgent and doing like following whatever your intrusive thoughts tell you to do, and whatever you end up doing gives you more and more uncertainty and more and more uncomfortable feelings that you want to avoid, you can can find yourself in a situation where you no longer trust that you're going to respond in accordance with your values. So, slowing down and just putting words to like, right now I feel guilty. Right now I feel shame. Right now I feel disgust. Um, all that process of labeling is also a. Uh, Um, a process of growing in self-trust, because rather than needing to get reassurance, not only are you not avoiding your internal experience, but also rather than needing to get reassurance from someone else about whether or not what you're experiencing is normal or valid or actually occurring, you're just observing it and owning it yourself. And that's going to, because there's so much experiential confidence in labeling what's happening and then responding to it in accordance with your values, um, that's just going to build self-trust over time. Is that consistent with what happened for you, Liz?
1: Yeah, definitely. I You you mentioned the seeking reassurance and the avoidance, and that was a really big hallmark of, of where I was a year ago.
0: Great. Happy to hear it. And then in addition to observing what was happening in terms of mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings and how your thoughts and feelings Um, were connected. Uh, Can you say more about why you think metaphors were helpful?
1: Yeah, they really helped me um, visualize it. And they also helped me make it more of a conscious thing. Something that I struggled with was I would would feel like I should be doing more. Um, And that probably was OCD too, looking back, because it was like... It would feel really good when I would talk it through and I felt like I left each, each session understanding myself a little bit better and and um, maybe building my self-trust a little bit each time. And then and then and then I would like to have like it an, and I would want to be active in doing something, but but um, and that would be exposures, but it would I was always kind of looking for more that I could do. And the the metaphors really helped me. Um, I think, I think being able to like, they were the first step in being able to label what I was feeling. So you mentioned being able to say like, oh, I, I feel, um, guilt. I feel disgust that the, I, I was at a point where I, w- I wasn't even able to, to identify those feelings because I was pushing against them so hard. I was avoiding them so hard that the metaphor was kind of like opening a door to, to being able to, at least acknowledge that I was having a feeling.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. So as you're saying now, you use the feeling of shame as a cue that you might, your OCD spiral might be starting, but way back when you might not have been able to recognize that as a feeling of shame, all, what you had to hold on to was like, when I have this this texture of experience, it feels like I'm in the wardrobe about to jump into OCD land. So basically you were able to hold on to it as a metaphor rather than the specific language of feelings until the language of feelings was easier to access when you were actually experiencing them.
1: Yep. Yep. That exactly. And and I, I even remember when I was trying to at working with you, I was first labeling those feelings. I would cry like it was a real, really big each time. Like an emotional experience, just at the point when I was able to label those feelings.
0: And do you remember now, looking back on starting to cry as you labeled those feelings? Can you tell me what was happening?
1: I think it was. I think it was a positive thing. I think it was uh, like relief, release, and release, release at the same time. So, um, I think I also used crying. I think has also kind of been a cue for shame as well. Um, and so the, uh, as we talked more learning what that shame at, was at the root of a lot of what I was feeling and, and really helping like, um, further what I was feeling, um, uh, was what, that was also really helpful.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't just that you needed to learn like Intellectually, what the OCD psycho was, and even what exposure and response prevention is, and how you use that. Uh, basically, shame was probably blocking access to exposure and yeah. response prevention uh, because it was hard to even stay with the experience long enough to understand what an effective exposure would be. Can you tell now what you felt felt ashamed of?
1: Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of what I was doing was very ingrained um and i also think i think it was possibly protective so i think you know not wanting my my family to feel responsible or um hurt not wanting other people to feel hurt is a pretty big hallmark so of of my ocd so i i think that that comes back to it a lot um,
0: That is um the most compassionate description of Why someone might experience shame about um, OCD that I've ever heard. Let's (laughs) explore that a little bit more. What else were you going to say?
1: Um, I think that I also think that it came from a place of a lacking self-compassion, and uh, uh, feeling like I was not. Worthy of kindness, something that I remember us talking about a lot, um, mm-hmm. and and that's getting back to what we were saying before about where I am now compared to a year ago. That is, I think, the biggest difference in um, in how in how I'm feeling is I feel like I've built up those reserves of self compassion to an extent that I am really thankful to be able to draw on now in a you know kind of a crazy time.
0: Yeah, so if part of your OCD was over response, So sometimes people feel shame about OCD because the unwanted intrusive thoughts they have are actually taboo topics. So mm. they, they don't understand why they're having certain thoughts and certain feelings, and they've been taught by society or their specific family, their religious beliefs, whatever, um, that like you shouldn't be thinking or feeling certain things. And so as soon as that shows up against someone's will, they're immediately going to feel shame. The other thing that I think is remarkably compassionate that you're describing is a main feature of OCD is over-responsibility, both of Mm -hmm. thoughts and of your impact on others. And so what we mean by that is over-responsibility of thoughts is also called thought-action fusion. It's when having a thought feels like it's true. So if I have the thought, what if I murdered someone? It feels like I have actually murdered someone and then that gives me the urge to go figure it out. The other form of over-responsibility would be Taking responsibility for thoughts and feelings that other people experience, even when they're like you, you, everybody's responsibility is their own response to their thoughts and feelings. So, us taking Mm -hmm. responsibility for other people doesn't make sense. But if you're caught in that because of your OCD, you might feel shame about the possibility that your OCD makes other people upset. And Mm -hmm. since shame is a feeling that makes us hide, makes us want to hide, it actually is functional in the sense of like, as long as you believe having OCD is going to hurt other people, having a feeling that makes you hide your OCD actually functions perfectly in your OCD system. The problem is that's not true, that it you're... Um, everyone is responsible for their own feelings and you deserve kindness and compassion and understanding from other people, just like everybody else does. So Mm -hmm. the message of shame isn't true, but it completely makes sense that it shows up for people. Um, So can you talk more about how you moved into kindness and self-compassion?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. I know I noticed there's something that I used to do that I I haven't done for a long time um, when I would feel that shame that you just mentioned wanting to hide is I would, this is even going back to high school. I would do this up through like last year (laughs) is I would um, hide under, literally hide under a blanket on my couch. And it was like the safest space. And it was like, I couldn't even look at my own apartment. I couldn't be in my own space. I, I wanted to like not exist. And we called it Turtling, which is like a a name that makes it sound like more fun than it was, I think in retrospect and and yeah. every time every time I did that, every time I hid under a blanket to try to like just hide it from everything, I would feel worse and never it never helped me feel better and then I would really um hate myself for for how I felt and for um it would just it was just like be a whole a whole spiral on its own of like why why can't i feel better and and why am i feeling like this um so i think that actually the going back to noticing and then and then working through to a place where i was able to name the feelings that i was having um that's that was like the really big first step and then the part that that took real practice and work was um being able to say Okay, I'm 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 this is an OCD moment. I am feeling over responsibility. I'm feeling really guilty because of a sense of over responsibility. And then the really important part was saying, like, and that's okay. Um uh and I said it a lot, I think, to myself without really believing it. Um and I think it took a long time and and a lot of crying and therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> uh to, to um, get to a place where I accepted that I, like you were saying before, also was deserving of kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. But it took it took. I had to say it out loud. I think a lot of times before I could eventually get on the road to believing it.
0: And what specifically was about that phrase "and that's okay" that helped you accept it?
1: Because um, it's it's something that I would say to somebody else it's something it's the kind of kindness i would extend to somebody else i think and it and it um naming it and saying it out loud it did i don't want it doesn't trivialize is the wrong word but it just made it it just like threw it into perspective like the, mm-hmm. that that what i was having was a feeling and and that people have feelings and it's okay to have feelings um it just wasn't something that i believed for a really long time but i i think i think actually like Saying it out loud, yeah, helped help put it in perspective for me. It made it seem like less of a big deal.
0: <laughs> it sounds like it was really painful when you were turtling all those years. Um, yeah. and do you still feel pain when you look back on it? Like how do you feel now about it?
1: Um I feel yeah, it's painful, but I also I think this was another big switch. It for a while it did feel really painful because I felt like I had wasted a lot of time. Um, but I also like rationally know that I didn't, I was still doing a lot. Um, and I'm so p- proud of what I did, despite the fact that every weekend I would come home and turtle. I love that we're just using this. We've accepted this as a term. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would come home and turtle and, but I was still, you know, building relationships and, and building a career and, um, enjoying my life as well. Simultaneously, it wasn't, it wasn't. It, it's not like, it's a all gray area. It's not like there was like a black and a white, like, you know, part of my life. Um, so yeah, it's painful, but I also, the other part that I haven't, I think mentioned yet was, I talked about noticing and then and naming things, um, but um, being able to, to frame them in a positive light. Is, is the other part of this. And so um, that's something, another thing that we worked on, which is being able to say, um, not just that like, ooh, this is a feeling I'm having and, and that's okay, but recognizing that moment as a learning experience or like a chance to practice um, mm-hmm. and framing that as like, a- aha, like, you know, here, here's that chance to practice again. And, and um, I might not behave in a way that like is perfect that's also a very, that's an OCD thing right there, but it might not behave in a way that's perfect, but I, that's okay too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm having this feeling, it's a chance to practice. The feeling that I'm having is okay because it's a chance to practice and um, I'll be able to look back on it positively because of that. And I, when I think about turtling, even the fact now that I can look back on it and understand what I was feeling and uh, really be glad that I'm not haven't done that in a while that itself is a a way to frame it more positively and think about it as a learning experience as
0: well all of that is so wonderful what I'm hearing you say is in the presence of over responsibility and believing that you weren't worthy of you not understanding what you were thinking and feeling and then believing that you weren't worthy of kindness and understanding for those feelings um your shame overwhelmed you to a point where you were physically hiding and it Mm -hmm. was leading at some times to self-hatred. But I think a major strength in what you're saying is that like, if we think about the three major components of the triangle of acceptance and commitment therapy, we've got present moment awareness, getting distance from unhelpful thoughts and feelings and then commitments to your values. And so it sounds like, although sometimes you really got stuck in unhelpful thoughts and feelings, specifically over responsibility and shame, Um, at other times you were able to be present and you were able to commit to things you value and you have a strong identity related to things that you value, including relationships and work. Um, Mm -hmm. And so actually you were able to overcome the intensity of the shame that you were experiencing sometimes through commitments to to valued action, um, which is really outstanding and really helped you in development despite suffering from OCD for so long. Um, I can imagine now that there's so much relief in like, in the switch from um, over responsibility and shame about an experience to be able to know what's happening and treat it like an opportunity. That's a major shift away from this is a problem and it's specifically a problem with me and my character over into like, not only is this not a problem, but it's actually something that I'm grateful to have because I want to I want to practice and have this new relationship with myself that's really a remarkable attitude shift um, that I really appreciate and if you keep that up then any other feeling also becomes an opportunity and while you may get stuck sometimes that's really the key to like a rich full and meaningful life is if I have an uncomfortable thought or feeling I know I can handle it, and not only can I handle it, but I can shift it into an opportunity. Um, and in your case, maybe there were times where the self-compassion felt warm and fuzzy, but it's also mm-hmm. just very compassionate to shift from "there's something wrong with me" into what you what is also what is my pain can now become my opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have other thoughts about that?
1: Um. I was looking at the I think I talked last episode about the anxiety challenger app or or just other ways just talking about ways to like kind of to to notice those those things and and I was scrolling through um January and February I was using it almost every day um and 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 I looking back at each of those moments that I logged or that I that as they were happening or that I pre-scheduled I felt pride about them um and, and I remember feeling that each time I noticed and and treated each one of those opportunities as op- as an opportunity instead of as a, a shame spiral trigger uh-huh. uh, and and I felt proud each time that I logged that as well and it really it really has been a game changer to think about them in a positive way so much so that I that I can like looking at the app icon or, or, or at my at my journal as Um, I feel that feeling still, even if I actually am finding myself needing to use it less. Um, Mm -hmm. it's still there, but, but, um, my, my, I I feel I'm feeling able to do it myself as I go in the moment, which is in the last month, I would say, which has been kind of a breakthrough for me as well.
0: Yeah. It's wonderful to hear. Do you think you're actually experiencing less anxiety? Um, or you're, when you feel anxiety, you kind of immediately have this new attitude change to access. And so you don't even have to kind of go through the steps in the same way.
1: Um, I think some, most of the time I have access to, to, to that, that these strategies and, and these feelings of compassion and treating it like an opportunity. I wouldn't say every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I don't know. It's possible that I'm experiencing less anxiety. It's hard to untangle. Still working through that.
0: Yeah, no problem. I mean, since part of what maintains the anxiety process is anxiety about anxiety, if you've yeah. had many experiences of um, responding effectively to your anxiety in a way that you have experiential confidence that you'll handle it, uh, you might some of the triggers you used to have might just become really brief sensations or really brief intrusions. And if you're immediately, um, again, having experiential confidence, so you're saying like, yep, that's okay. I can handle that. It doesn't become something bigger where you really mm-hmm. have to access your skills. So, I mean, it sounds like your, your everyday life is the same in terms of, we still have to do laundry. You still have not just yeah. right triggers. You still have work, you still have relationships. So none of the, in that sense, none of your triggers are gone but you probably have less anxiety because many things feel like you can handle them. And then if, and when you have something that you weren't expecting, you also have access to the new um, framework.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That I, you've nailed it. That's exactly how I feel.
0: Okay. Well, that may be a good place to stop. Is there anything you want to commit to for the next time that we talk?
1: Um, yeah, I think that uh, I'm in it, we're all in a pretty unique situation right now. And, and um, I really want to, um, you know, you just mentioned there, if there's something new that's coming up, and this is what's new, that that's coming up. And before I would have been really scared to be at home and with myself this much. Um, also with with my boyfriend, who's here too. Um in the small apartment, <laughs> and um, I think that, that it is a without routine. I could see how there are places where I could I could slide um, and not extend myself that compassion. And so I think what I am committing to for next time we talk is to um, keep noticing, and and um, I think what I also want to do is notice if I if there is any kind of turtling that's happening um even if not physically but if there's any kind of hiding that's still happening especially in like such particularly stressful times
0: okay that sounds like a great plan I'll see you in a couple weeks thanks for your time thanks Maggie bye thank you so much for listening if you felt any benefit from the show please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategies shared here. Thank you.